Hey everybody, how you doing? Chad here. I'm in my basement. This is a new picture we have hung up. With my kids out in the Outer Banks this year. We love going to the Outer Banks every year. It is our time where we connect and we spend time together and really soak in all the memories as we can as a family under the sun. And this gets me to episode two of the show, Ryan Chartrand and I. This episode, we are focusing exclusively on core values. When we have core values in our lives, they guide us. They are like a blueprint for us to succeed and have success in our professional lives. Also, core values, adopting a strong set of core values keeps us away from all the bad things. There's so many bad things out there, and I just want for you, and Ryan just wants for you, all these great things out of life. Core values keeps you set up for all the good things, protects you from all the bad things. We are going to get into it right now, so let's do it. Everybody, how you doing? Welcome back. This is our second episode here with Ryan Chartrain and I, and this is the second episode. This is cool. We're going to try to put these out bi-weekly, monthly, whatever we can schedule Ryan and I can fit out. But Ryan, what's up, brother? How are you doing? Hey, Chad. What's going on, man? I'm, uh, much, I'm man. practicing my uh, my video skills that you taught me. I'm trying to look at the camera and not at you <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> uh, you're doing a good job, man. Did you um, get any feedback from the last episode, the first episode we did? I got some great feedback, Chad. I had um, one, he's a, a friend and former colleague who I've known for a while. He reached out and um, shared, shared, you know, some of the memories that, that I triggered with him because we, uh, we worked at the same department, uh, worked at two similar, uh, two of the same departments. And um, he, he absolutely loved it. A lot of great feedback from him, had some people that shared it on social media and everything. And um, it was just great. I, I, I can't wait to see this grow. That's awesome, man. That is so cool. Yeah, I feel, yeah, I feel the same way. People um, hit me up. You know, I have some uh, tough critics in my life, people that, uh, which I appreciate. People will always kind of, hey, might want to try this, might want to try that. So to make it better. So feedback's been awesome. And uh, I am hoping, hope we can make this thing grow, man. I think, I think when you work towards a, pit, a mission or a purpose, it keeps you focused and it keeps you on track. And, and I know we want to make a big difference in the lives of police officers, first responders, veterans, whoever that might be that, is in a bad spot or thinking about doing something else, I know we can, um, I know we can make an impact. So that will keep us, keep us going, man. So what's, what's Absolutely. new in your life? Dude, I had an awesome week this week, man. I, I made some great contacts. I did, did a lot of networking this week and meeting new people and actually met and had some conversations with some great people that are in uh, similar positions. Um, one that recently retired from law enforcement and um, I met another great uh, contact that um, she, she works with and helps um, during career transitioning. She works with a lot of military and first responders. And I'm looking forward to growing those relationships and I'm bringing those people into the community that we're working on growing and um, seeing where things go from there. Yeah, How about you? Awesome. Uh, well, I've been really busy at work. Um, you know, we do our special specialty of our business is pre-employment background investigation. So I'm getting slammed right now. We're getting slammed. I have five and I'm working on, which is cool. I'm super blessed, but you know, it definitely takes up my time. But um on the personal side, we're big Christmas nuts here. I don't know if Christmas is, you know, what that's like in the Chartrain household, but here oh, yeah. uh, we started playing Christmas music like two days after Halloween and uh, we already started decorating and uh, yeah, we're already watching Christmas movies. So we're uh big Christmas nuts. So uh, last night we were kind of 
mess around and getting lists together and doing things. So it's, it's already a lot of fun here for us. Oh, that's great, man. Actually, I, I put a little story up on my social media and uh, it was my, my son told Alexa to play uh, jingle bells and it was, <laughs> he was dancing and singing. And I, I said, it's too early for this, man. I try and wait till Thanksgiving. <laughs> dude, I, I know, I, you know, and I get it. Like I, my whole life, I grew up, you know, always being around people like, dude, it's so early. Why are you playing it now? And I just love it, man. It puts me in a good mood. Uh, my Absolutely. mom is my mom's a huge Christmas nut. So like I grew up, um, you know, with Johnny Mathis records playing in the house and, 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 uh, we just, we just love Christmas. So it just puts me in a good mood. And, um, but I get it. There's a lot of people are like, Whoa, way too early for that. So Chad, I know, um, you know, last, last episode, you touched on something, you mentioned something. I know we, we talked off air and we thought it'd be a great kind of conversation for today. And that's when you talked about core values. Yeah, I think it's great. I, I think, and, and I like the format we're going to start doing here with just kind of limiting each episode to one thing and kind of letting the conversation develop. I think that's, that's good because it allows us to really get in the weeds and, and, you know, you and I were speaking about core values, how important they are in our professional lives and our personal lives, core values. I think sometimes are subconscious to us that we don't even realize we're using core values in this decision-making process, whatever it is in our lives that we're going to do. And, you know, and I, and I wrote some things down here because I, I want to make sure I touch on that, but um, I, I find core values professionally, personally, just always keep you moving in a, a fluid direction and where you're consistent with things. I think, and I went through this myself. I think sometimes I struggled with, you know, things I wanted to do, did that align with my interests, my passions, did that align with my personal life, my family, which is super important to me? Did that align with where I want to go professionally? Did that align with who I was as a young boy? And, you know, all those things. And sometimes we get confused and do things that are, are just out of outside our normal values. And um, so a big one for me is like my family is extremely important to me. And every decision I, I make, every think everything I, I want to jump in and do, I think, how does this going to affect my family? You know, for me in law enforcement, uh, 2019, as I told before, when I went back from detectives to patrol, that, that was a tough time for me, uh, not only professionally, but just personally. Now I'm back to, for seven, seven and a half years, I was in investigation. So I had weekends off, nights off, holidays off. I mean, obviously you get called in for things, but, um, and then going back to patrol, it was, it was culture shock for me. I had three kids now and I'm working, like I worked the last two Thanksgivings, uh, 2019 yeah. and 2020. So I haven't, I hadn't worked at Thanksgiving in seven years. So getting back to that, I kind of realized that it was taking away and it was just, everybody's different for me. It was taking away family time for me, which is extremely important. Like I want to be home Christmas. I worked last Christmas morning too, last, last year. Like, I want to be home Christmas morning. I want to watch my kids open gifts. I want to be the cheesy dad with the video camera in my bathrobe, my cup of coffee and watch them and enjoying it. Um, I, like I want all that stuff. And it, for me, my, my values of family, family first, you know, we're kind of being challenged there and, and law enforcement, as we know, super noble profession, but it's demanding. It's demanding on our personal lives and we have to make decisions. Are we willing to concede that what I'm going through now at my work, uh, in my profession, am I willing to tolerate that or deal with that in my personal life? Everybody has to make that own decision. And that's why I say when we have values, we have to remember what those values are because they are going to guide us. I know plenty of police officers, I'm sure you're the same way too, that love to work holidays. They love to get the time they have pay. They don't mind being on, away from their families to each their own. I, and I'll never judge anybody for a decision they make. For me, I realize we only get so much time with our kids and family and it's super important for me to be home. And it, so when I made this decision to leave law enforcement, that was a central part of my decision-making process. Like how is, 
what I'm going to do. How is that going to affect my family? And being now an entrepreneur, being home every day, I take my son to school every day, my youngest son. Mm-hmm. I uh, see my kids when I get home from school every day. I work my schedule. I still have a lot of work to do, but I craft it in a way that's beneficial for me and my family. So, um, yeah, my wife and I were just talking about this the other night. How, uh, like, if I was still at the police department, my personal life is super demanding. Three kids, you know, everybody has busy lives. Um, but the age range and my wife works full time. She's a teacher and we just have a lot of stuff going on. And she said to me, I think this was two nights ago, we're sitting around having a glass of wine. She said, if you were still at the police department, given the personal life, our demands we have right now, how would this work at the police department? I said, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have. Cause I was that guy that would really work hard when I was at work and focus in on that. But I also was planning to be home. Like we had, uh, uh, my kids every year had these school events, dad's a donut day. Uh, where so, you know, all my kids would have like this ceremony, you know, the special day you come in a random day in the year during a weekday and you come in and dads would have donuts with their kids and celebrate. Um, and, and I, you know, people I used to work with break, broke my chops about that. Like, Oh, dad's a donuts. Like, geez, Louise, like, yeah, that's important. I took vacation yeah. time half a day <laughs> off to go do that with my kids and then come back to work get my work done. That was important to me. So that wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that. So the police department, you know, being shift work and having, having demands, you can only have so many officers off at one time that I wouldn't be able to fulfill my obligations that I set for myself, my values of family first. I wouldn't have been able to honor that. So for me, that decision was easy. And again, everybody has different set of values and a different set of priorities and agendas. So I think this conversation is good for us. We could talk about values and, and how they apply to each of us because they're all different. Oh, that's huge, Chad. And, you know, you said one big thing there, and that was, you know, was the value of your family in alignment with the way your career was going. Right. And th- that's huge. That's a, that's a very important thing about core values that I noticed and I learned. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to put it out there. I'm not afraid to say it is that, you know, I didn't really know about core values until very recently, until I started getting out of the, the public sphere and into the private sector. And, you know, I look back and say, well, my police department did not have core values. The police department I worked for didn't have core values. We didn't have a mission statement. And I saw that, you know, when I started to learn about it, when I saw that, I'm like, well, that's probably one of the big problems that's that led to the culture of that police department. And yeah. one of the very important things that I learned is just going back in case there are officers that find themselves in a situation that my department doesn't have core values. What, what do I do? What are, what are they? And I learned that they're just, they're essential values that they're going to guide us to being who we want to be and define where we're going in our lives. They guide us in our decision-making and they help make sure that our choice is in a line the choices we make are in alignment with the way we want to do and in doing so and taking those into consideration, I think that's why it's very important for a department to have them, for those guiding decisions. Those, how am I going to act out in the field? How am I going to act when this person gets difficult? What decision I'm going to make based on this situation? And you know the guiding principles that everyone in the whole department is all behind and focused on and all carrying out. A funny thing we used to say uh, my agency was, it, it, we'd say our department was, was uh, um, years of tradition unimpeded by progress. <laughs> and you know, unfortunately, that's, 
that's the way it was. And that's the way that it was, it was operated. I hope things have changed since I left. It's possible. And I, for the guys that still work there, I hope that's true. So you know, Ch- Chad, I know you, you touched on family as, as being one. Um, what are, what are some of the things or considerations that, that you made when you were coming up with your own personal core values? So when, when I was in the military and I told, we talked about this in the last episode, the, the, the eight military core values that uh, loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, personal courage, those are all the army core values. Um, but I went in at 17, I didn't really have anything else to go by. So I adopted these as mine and, and I love them. I mean, to this day, uh, most of them are still applicable to me today. So I've kind of always just adopted the army core values as my personal core values. I, I just, uh, and everybody's different, but for me, they align with what I naturally believe in. So it was easy for me to jump in on that. So those are the values that I adopted. And, and I, I, like I said before, I still have them printed on my dog tags and I carried them around. So since 1998, I was 17 years old. I had dog tags around my neck and, and always uh, outlining my core values. And actually, right. One thing I want to bring up because, and I wrote this down because I learned this maybe, I don't know, four or five years ago, but I think about, and I teach at the police Academy of cadets. And I was just talking about them this week or last week. And Something I learned, and it has made monumental differences in my life. So I want to share that is, um, and I forget where I learned this from. I heard it from somebody and I thought it was, it just resonated with me so much. I adopted it, but I think we all sometimes open our mouths a little too quick. We react a little too emotionally. We say things maybe we didn't mean, or we say things that we know we shouldn't have said. And if we spent an extra second thinking about it, we probably wouldn't have said it. I think that goes for all of us. And I was no different. So I was really trying to find ways to, to maximize my ability to make relationships, cultivate healthy relationships, maintain healthy relationships. So something I heard and resonated with me is before you open your mouth, and this is what I do every time now, just about um, uh, kind of a three checklist thing to go down. One is what I'm going to say truthful. I mean, there's no need to even have anything come out of our mouths. that's not truthful. Two, is it necessary? And this is a big one I struggle with. I think there's a lot of things we all think that needs to be said, but is it necessary? Like, I feel it. I believe it. I I think it's great. And I think about like police leadership, how many times we saw leaders above us that made horrible decisions that were uh, not just tactical decisions or operational decisions that we all make from time to time. It's ethical issues, moral decisions, you know, things that were improper and wrong. And I always felt the need to call that out, always kind of rub feathers and ruffle feathers. But in our personal lives, I think there's a lot of things we do. We open our mouths and we probably didn't need to say it. So I think about, is it truthful and is it necessary? And the last one, is it kind? Is it kind? And I feel like most of us, we always hit two out of the three. Well, yeah, it's truthful. And yeah, I'm saying something kind, but it's not necessary to say. Uh, or I'm saying something truthful and I'm saying something necessary, but I'm not going to say it, deliver it in a kind way. So I shouldn't say it. So I feel like that internal checklist has really made me pause and think, before I open it up. And I kind of tie that into values because values are, are a set of parameters, structure that keep us focused, keep us on task and, and hopefully keep us purposeful and, and fulfilling the things that are important to us. Sub values is a kind, is a true, is a necessary things that also can help us build good relationships, which for me is, is a, one of my core values is, is relationships. So I feel like this all ties in together. So I, I practice it. I do it. I, I taught this to the cadets last week. I, I, 
maybe a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about somebody, uh, talking to somebody at work, a client, potential client. And I was going to say something and I paused real quick. So I'm thinking it was true and it was kind, but I didn't need to say it at that particular moment. So I just didn't say it. And I got off the phone and I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm really glad I applied this because I probably would have said it, probably would have sounded foolish or just totally just not relevant to the conversation. So I didn't say it and uh, it's helped me out. Awesome. Yeah. So say, say there's an officer listening and let's say that his department does not have core values and, and he may not be aware, he or she may not be aware of core values. So where would you suggest as far as them? I think the first step in that is we have to develop our own personal core values and start acting out in those. What are some recommendations you'd have for someone that has not really considered that hasn't really thought about it? but likes the idea and wants to start setting up some core values that they're going to live their lives by. I'm a big journaler. So I write everything down. It helps me clear my thoughts, helps me deal with traumatic incidents, stress. Um, uh, Also helps me maintain my positivity and my gratitude. So I always recommend have index cards, have a journal uh, notes on your phone. If you have an iPhone, the notes app, I don't know what it is on Android, but um, write things down. So like on a personal level, and this could be goals, ambitions, desires, uh, whatever it may be, write things down. I've found that the more I write it down, the more I focus on writing down on what I'm saying, I'll say to my head, and then I'll go back and read it two or three times. Okay. 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 I feel like it helps me commit it to memory and helps me stay on task. So if you don't have core values, your agency doesn't have core values, you kind of feel maybe you're utterless or you're just kind of going with the flow, which isn't necessarily always a bad thing, but I would write everything down. What is important to you? We all have things that are important to us. What is important to you? What is your timeline for accomplishing those things? And again, these kind of get back to goals. What are the things you need to get those things done? And what are things that are non-negotiable to you? Like, absolutely, I'm never going to do that. Um, I I won't go down that road. I feel like identifying the things, the areas that we know we don't want to go, I feel like also keeps us on the path to, to be successful. So I'm a big subscriber writing things down and, and putting it into place. Mentorship is a big thing with me. So having mentors, if we know someone in our life that has talked about values, lives by a strong moral code, reach out to them, have a conversation. I'm telling you right now, when I left to go into business, I was terrified and thought that if I started reaching out to people on LinkedIn, well, no one's going to help me. No one's going to give me advice. And everybody did. I mean, 90% of the people responded to my messages. Some people didn't, which is always a little odd to me, but, um, but most people responded to my messages was willing to give me whatever time they had available. Some people wrote a couple sentences short. Hey, do you want me to try this? Some people pick, answer my phone call. We had talked for 40 minutes. Everybody's different, but people are willing to help. People are willing to mentor. And I think it feels good when people ask us for help. It makes us feel valued and purposeful. And I feel like we all do that. So that's a big thing to identify key mentors and reach out to them and ask for help. That's huge, man. Yeah. And, and that's true. Never be afraid to reach out for help. You totally. know, how, about, how about you, man? Like what, what would you recommend to people that don't have so, values or don't know where to go to get them? So, and a big struggle that I had when I was really coming up with my personal ones was, do I, are my core values what I am living today? Or are my core values what I strive to live like in the future? Because hmm. I think, you know, we're both, we're both, we're all, a lot of us, especially those listening are probably growth oriented people. And we're all always stri- striving to be a better version of ourselves. 
So that was a strong one. Can I have a core value that I may not be fulfilling today, but it's what I'm working towards? And I went back and forth with that. And actually, I meant to have it closer by so I could grab it. But this is a book that I recently read. I'm going to hold it up. It's called uh, Dare to Lead. It's by Brene Brown. There's an awesome section in there that helps you. It lists out, it's about a full page of different values that she lists out in the book. And she goes through a little process to help you identify yours based on you know, how you strive to live and where, where you're at, what's important to you. And through that, I came up with a couple of my own. So, you know, number one is connection. And it's, and that encompasses a lot of, it encompasses community, it encompasses friendship, it, it encompasses family. It's having that connection with people that you meet, people that you're friends with, your family. It's that human connection that's very, very, very important and very, very valuable to me. Um, next is integrity. And again, that encompasses so much. That encompasses honesty. It's how you treat people, kindness. It's how you how uh, how you how you live, how you live. And that's being a person that other people can count on, and they know that if they come to you, you're going to be able to to be of service to them or help them. Um, and another one. This one was it was hard for me to write down because I, I was worried, my biggest worry was that other people wouldn't understand it. And as always, you get to uh, put out that thought of other people judging you and everything. So right, right. You know, that next one is wealth. And it automatically, it brings up that thought, well, gee, your, one of your core values is, is financial. And no, it's not only financial. Wealth encompasses gratitude. Wealth encompasses freedom. Wealth encompasses your relationships, wealth and relationships. So when you look at it that way, wealth is a very important value, value to me to have. And the fourth is something that I have learned. And I, I mentioned this in the, in the last episode, and I just, I preach this all the time and that's extreme ownership, taking responsibility for every single thing that happens to me in my life recognizing my part, what I could have done to make it different and what I can do to change it going forward, mm. stopping putting the blame on other people and all oh, this happened because of this and that. No, accepting my responsibility and everything that's happening in my life. Oh man. I love that. I mean, how many people do we know? And we all, we all have, and I, I, I'm a big, you know, I don't want to preach. Like I, I never done any of these. I've done, I'm more flawed than anybody I that, that just as much as everybody else. So, and I feel like we all have moments where, man, we're really not our best version of ourselves, but I think being mindful and trying to work on that, you quickly are self-aware and you nip that in the bud and start to make checklists to, to prevent that from keep happening. But how many people do we know that don't, aren't self-aware, aren't mindful, and they just always are blaming people for everything that ever happened to them. I mean, it's unbelievable to me, especially the law enforcement community, which is, it's unfortunate, but I mean, I guess it's every industry that, you, know, you just have people that are just always blame. I didn't get promoted because of them, or I, this didn't happen because of them, or if this person didn't do that. And I know we all get like that sometimes, but again, being we're human beings, being able to pull ourselves out of it in the moment and look, I got to stop blaming people for the things that happened to me because I have control 100% over my actions and behaviors. And that that's not something that came overnight to me. It took, it, it, it took years and I still strive. There's still days that I strive to live in that and it's and it's difficult but when you regularly adapt that philosophy it will absolutely change your life i think i probably said the same thing in the last episode it'll change your life because you realize that everything in your life is 100 in your control 
Oh, totally. Hey, let me let me ask you something because you just brought this up and, and you brought up wealth. And I know what you mean. It's not just financial related, but this is a topic because especially in law enforcement, everybody's motivated differently. Everybody has different motivations. Money for me was never a motivation. I, I didn't grow up with a lot of money and grew up very happy. So I never correlated money with happiness, but we know plenty of people that do it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I think I've learned as I gotten older now being an entrepreneur, like financial awareness and setting yourself up for the future. Like, yeah, you, we can act like, oh, money's not important to me, but you still have to make good decisions. So you're taken care of, your family's taken care of. So these are things I learned later in life. But speaking about like police officers in the job, and I know we know many officers that really sacrifice family time to not just work, but to go make an extra 20 grand a year on overtime. Um, is there is there a line for you where it becomes unhealthy of fixating on financials and, and fixating on income? Is there a point that it becomes unhealthy in law enforcement? And again, that's a from my experience, it's it's a it's a mindset. It's when when you're living a lifestyle that requires that overtime, that that extra work, that like you mentioned, extra twenty thousand a year. When your lifestyle depends on that money, then it's going to add a stressor into your life. It's going to remove you. It puts you in a mindset that I always have to work. I always have to work. Rather, rather as like your core value of family, my core values many of them encompassing my family. Like I said, wealth is, is gratitude. It's that family time. It's that fa- wealth and connection, wealth and relationship. If that's how you're directing that core value, then you're going to be, you're automatically ingrained to make the decision to be with your family rather than work the overtime, ra- rather than constantly trying to work and make as much money as you can. Right. Right. Now it's interesting. And, that's always a sad, sad thing. I think with some, with, with some people and, and the choices they make is, and, and I think we all get in this mode. We all have moments in our lives where our choices, we have no idea. We don't, we're not mindful as we think we are to realize how my decisions are affecting other people around me, especially people closely in my personal life. And I talk about this all the time with my kids and, and people in my inner circle, because, and, and I did this to young police officers mentoring them in my last couple of years. I was on a squad with a bunch of young officers. And it was cool because I, I got to share some of the things I learned along the way. And I don't believe, this is just my belief. I don't believe you can come to work, whatever that work may be, whether you're a professional athlete, your police officer, medical community, whatever that may be. I don't believe you can come to work and be as good professionally as you want to be as good. I'm not saying good, be reach your ceiling that you can reach your ceiling unless your personal life is in order. And I just thinking of countless examples of people with their personal life is not in order. Maybe they're dealing with the substance abuse, infidelity, financial issues. They're not, they're not having a balanced work and home life. So, and then they bring it to work and I can see examples of this work. I'm like, man, if you were just spoke, spend more time focusing on your values and, and living a very well-balanced life per- personally, that carries into your profession. It's amazing. And then you feel you have more energy. You have more passion. You love what you do. You don't become resentful for people around you that are having success. Um, and this is a social media context, but you know, there's enough things to go around. We can all be successful. We should feel more proud for each other, more happy for each other. But whether it's social media or just the divisiveness of the times, we become so competitive that when somebody else succeeds, even if they're a good person, we resent them for it or we're mad at them for it or we're jealous or envious. It's such a slippery slope. And if you focus, we all just focus on our personal lives and maximize as best we can. One, we become grateful, become positive. And two, that carries over to our profession. And we have much more success and we are happy when we're doing it. 
I think it also works the the opposite way too, Chad. And and this is just from my own personal experience is that the more I worked, the more I was away from home and at my agency, putting in those long hours, working all those extra shifts to make some extra money, the angrier I was and the unhappier I was at home mm. too. Wow. Because I was tired. I was frustrated. Um, I wasn't doing the things personally that I wanted to do when it was frustrating me. And I then brought that home and had that attitude at home too. Wow, brother. I mean, and that, ugh, wow. And it's it, this happening every day. And it's sad. I mean, one credit you for being mindful enough to, to pick yourself out of that, because I think we all have been in that boat and the people we love the most, the people we love the most is our family. And sometimes they are our biggest dumping ground for all our negativity. And it's just, it's, it's sad. And, and I'm hoping we can make little inroads to help, especially first responders, law enforcement officers. I mean, I know so many that are struggling and they bring that stuff home, like you said. So I appreciate you bringing that up. I think that's important to talk about. Yeah. So for anyone listening, Chad, that, that it resonates with a little bit, they, they realize something, something touched on them. They're thinking about their core values. They're not, they're not sure their place in their agency or whether it's even what they want to go forward with. What would you recommend for them? Talk with your spouse, talk with your loved ones, talk with your inner circle. I feel we are so good at taking advice from everybody that we shouldn't take advice from. When really, and we're such a, a quality over a quantity over quality society, but we might only have two or three or four confidants in our life. Reach out to them. Their information will be unbiased. Their suggestions or advice will be heartfelt and will be selfless. And start to develop, like, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? How do I want to get there? and start to build uh, build an infrastructure to do that. I think sometimes we try to take on way too much too quickly. And I'm talking with a police officer friend of mine now who is going through some tough times. And, and I get it. Like He's thinking, how is this going to work for the rest of my life? And when we start thinking on these broad, general, large levels, man, it gets intimidating and overwhelming. Take it a day at a time. Yesterday is over. We cannot change yesterday. We can only learn from it. Tomorrow didn't happen yet, but what we are masters of today, make today the best day I can be, be the most selfless I can be, uh, be the most ambitious I can be, be the most positive and impactful I can be. And when we focus on each day individually, that carries over to the future. So I don't think there's one solution that if you're, if you're struggling out there and you're kind of in this limbo and you don't know where to go, I think uh, starting first talking to people that you trust and starting to solicit advice. I think the hardest thing for anybody to do is to ask people that we trust to give us the truth. Because I feel sometimes, or a lot of times, we don't want to hear the truth. We want to make up the truth in our head what we think it is, but often that's different than what's actually in reality. So there's, you know, there's always like three sides, there's this side, this side. Well, there's the middle, which is generally the truth or a little bit from both sides. So we have to be willing to receive criticism and, and open feedback to then start to craft. Okay. This is a plan of what I want to do and how I want to get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, I have a question for you. I want to ask you, but um, what, what things in your personal life? Cause I, I'm a big, like personal life, professional life correlation person. What things in your personal life, let's say you're having a great time at the police department. Think of a time when things are going really well. Was there something in your personal life that was holding you back from going even higher professionally? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I know. Um, I was thinking about this. Um, my, 
I think what held me back from going higher professionally, definitely now looking back on it, you know, hindsight's always 2020. Um, it was definitely, and again, this comes back to extreme ownership too. It was my earlier mindset before I got involved in personal development and learning more about myself and everything. It was my own mindset that held me from going back, uh, from, from moving up and, and in, in leadership and, here, um, we're in Massachusetts in order to pass the promotion. And in order to get promoted, you need to pass a test. That's really it. It's a written test. And I took it when I was very young. I did not study for it. I thought you could just go in and wing it. And I failed miserably. And then for years, I told myself that I am not a good test taker and I'll never get promoted because I'll mm. never pass that test. Now, looking back on it, I completely realized that if I had my mindset to getting promoted. And I put the effort in to study the, for that test and made a plan to study for that test. Then yes, I absolutely would have passed that test and gotten promoted. Do you, do you think some of that was self-sabotage or was a lack of confidence or like looking back on it now, it's easy to identify things when we look back like what, what did you put your finger on? Cause I know a lot of people out there, especially in law enforcement are struggling with, you know, where, where, was, where did you identify looking back on it that people now watching could say, okay, great. I'm going to look at this too. It was, it was easier for me to tell myself that I was, that I just wasn't a good test taker and I'd never passed the test than it was to actually study for the test and pass the test and put the time in. What I realize now is that I clearly did not want it bad enough. And I learned that when um, I was studying for one of my professional exams and I passed that test. I made a plan. I studied for it. I passed that test with absolutely flying colors the first time I took it, where a lot of people fail the first time they take it. And I realized that, one, I just didn't want it bad enough. And it was that poor mindset that led me to failing and not my capabilities. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean... I feel like, again, I get back to law enforcement. We are sometimes our own worst enemies where we don't want to tell people how bad we want something if we want it bad, or we want to play it off as, oh, I don't really want that, or it's not important to me. It's something about being cool or not telling somebody, or you don't want to advertise the fact, I really want this opportunity because you one, it's it's an angle because it's so competitive. You don't want people to look at you and, and put you on the comp, uh, competitive list. But two, it's something about our own, I feel like our own insecurities that, you know, I really want this. And if I want it so bad and I tell people I want it and I don't get it now, I'm, I'm looked at as a failure or I didn't accomplish anything where we just have to stop getting in our own heads that, yeah, I want this or I don't want it. And I can be honest with it. And I don't care who I tell, I'm either going to rise or fall based on how much work and effort I put into it. And I can only look at myself in the mirror and, and be either proud or disappointed, but then learn from that for the next time. Last thing I want to, last segment, we talked about this, and I think this is cool. It's, it's a victory or failure thing uh, uh, where we've kind of finished the episode of the show with a victory or a failure, probably something that happened in this week or something that's contemporary and relevant now in your life um, that you either want to celebrate as a victory and, and tell people about or a failure and, and something that we can learn from, from, from your story. I think, you know, one of my biggest victories this week was just the, some of the people that I've met, some of the great conversations that I've had. Um, it's really been a work in progress for me um, for about the last year or so to really developing myself as a 
listener and as someone who asks questions rather than just talks. And I'm really starting to see the success of that and how I'm communicating with people, relationships I'm growing and, uh, you know, growing from where they were or building, building from the, from the bottom. And um, I'm excited about that going forward. I, I, I'm a, I'm a people person at heart and I just, I, I love making new relationships. How about you, man? Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to give a shout out to a friend of mine, Christian. Uh, Christian is a police officer. I met Christian two years ago, maybe at the police academy when I was instructing there and every piece of police academy class, I really try to build these strong relationships with the cadets because I know, and you know, when we leave this, leave the academy and get into the profession, things are going to happen as a job. It's a beautiful job and it's very noble, but it's not all roses and sunshine. So I always try to, and I have that, that foresight now. So I always try to explain to them, like, you can't see it now, but there will be a time you're going to need an ally or peers to help out with. So every class, when they graduate, I always have one or two that stay in touch. And Christian was one of those guys. And he got hired right out of the academy by an agency and soon after he's reaching out to me, I'm just I hate it here. I don't like it here. Morale's really bad. It's really toxic. It's not a merit-based system, which is so prevalent in law enforcement. I mean, I know we all know somebody out there that keeps rising through the ranks, even though they're not that selfless, they're pretty selfish and uh, they're kind of lazy and they don't have great values, but somehow they keep rising through the ranks and you have other people opposite that are very virtuous and are, keep getting stifled. So he was seeing that right out of the academy and really demoralized them. So I've stayed in touch with him, just try to be a peer and a good uh, mentor to him. Well, he has left and gone to another agency that good for him is in another state and because he loved the job and he, and he didn't want to give up the job. So credit to him. And but uh, I was talking to him this week and he just loves where he's at. He, he feels rewarded, nice. purposeful. It's a great culture. Um, everybody's pushing in the same direction. There's it's an empathetic leadership. It's all these things that we all want to work in and hope for. And I just wanted to celebrate him. I told him I'd give him a shout out here because really that is the goal of this whole thing is to feel loved, to feel valued where you're at, keep pushing forward. Yeah, there's going to be bad times. We're not saying that things aren't going to happen, but you're in an agency that you love and an organization you love. And, and I know from, from 2018, uh, was probably my best year in law enforcement. I was in a detective division with truly three of my best friends, Nick, Joel, and Joe. To this day, we're, we're all best friends. And that year was the best year of my law enforcement career because I came into work every single day excited. I'm speeding a little bit to get to work because I'm excited <laughs> to see the guys. We go, we had our morning routine. We go to get coffee every day before we came back and worked on cases at our individual desks. Uh, we, we acted up and joked around. We would schedule to have some beers when we got off work. We just spent all day with each other. Now we're going to go have a beer or two after work before we go home. I want that for everybody. I want that for everybody. It is Absolutely. an amazing feeling. And I, I hope we can uh, inspire everybody who's not feeling that way to help them get that. And, and ultimately, man, I'll just say one last, one last comment on that is when you have that culture, when you have that camaraderie within an agency, it translates to the community as well. Absolutely. Uh, it totally does. You're absolutely right about that. And that's really the name of the game, right? We're here for the community. That's our primary objective is to serve the community, be there for them. Um, we always are interacting with members of the com community 90% of the time when they're, they're at their worst and we need to be at our best so we can help them when they're at their worst, no doubt. Absolutely, man. Well, Chad, this has been an incredible conversation, man. Absolutely love it. Uh, brother, I love this, man. Love it, love it, love it. So just, um, I don't know if we touched on this the last time, but maybe we can give our, our listeners just, um, it, you know, where they can find us out in the, um, you know, out on social media or where, or where we hang out. So uh, where's the best place for people to find you, Chad? 
Uh, so I'm still trying to grow my social media platform. I'm on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn for my business, but I also find it to be a good way to spread positivity without all the hate. Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, Chad hyphen Bruckner, and, um, I'm not on Facebook, but people have been encouraging me to get on Facebook. So that might be something I'm, that I'll be doing, but Twitter and LinkedIn, Twitter is probably the easiest way. Um, and, and I started having conversations out with some police officers around the country and, uh, it's been pretty cool. So how about you? So I'm on LinkedIn. I am on Facebook. Those are both just my name as you, as you see it in the title. And I am also on Instagram. I have an Instagram. It's um, at financially.fit.cop. Um, I don't hang out as much over there because I get fed a lot of stuff I don't want to see. And <laughs> um, I truly believe that they, uh, they, they, definitely, uh, they definitely hold back my content because one of my hashtags is back the badge. And I, I think I get kind of pushed down in the... Uh, in the algorithm because of those hashtags, mm. but I am on those three and also um, always uh, by email, reach me um, rshartrand13 at gmail.com. Definitely um, love to connect with our listeners out on social media. Shoot, shoot us, uh, you know, connect with us out there. Let us know what you think of the show and um, definitely let us um, know if there's certain things, if you have any questions or you want to want us to touch on anything in future episodes. Yeah, everybody have a great, great weekend. It's Friday here, a little rainy here in Philly area, but uh, here too. Yeah. So we just wish everybody a great weekend. We got the holiday season coming up. So we will be back, uh, I guess, in a week or two with episode three. So uh, it's been a pleasure, Ryan. Same to you, Chad. We'll talk soon, man. See you, buddy.